0: Deep learning, part of artificial intelligence, is being used to create fake videos that look and sound like the real thing. But could this same artificial intelligence be used to turn the tables on these nefarious acts? In this edition of Intersections, the RIT Podcast, Professor Matthew Wright, Director of RIT Center for Cybersecurity Research, talks with John Sorardi, a PhD student in the Golisano College of Computing and Information Sciences about software they are creating that uses artificial intelligence to help journalists detect and root out such deepfake videos.
1: The first deepfake I saw was the Key and Peele one, the Obama one. Right, me too. That was meant to raise awareness about deepfakes, and it (laughs) It did. (laughs) For sure. It made us do research on it, pretty much.
2: That's the one where you've got Jordan Peele, the actor, And Obama so it starts out with Obama's face and he's talking about how people can be made to say appear as if they're saying anything at any time and then the reveal is that that's actually Jordan Peele doing all the talking and Obama's face is being manipulated to match what it is that he's saying and that's all largely being done by the AI primarily with the deepfake technology and yeah I mean that's that's a real eye-opener when you see that for the first time and you're like you mean a computer did this you know then the potential is just so obvious that because they used Obama right you see some of these other ones now that okay they put Nicolas Cage's face into some movie that he wasn't in, and that's funny, but it's when you see it's oh, actual world leaders, and they could be made to say anything, and now people are going to probably believe it because it's video, it's not just a, a photo that could be photoshopped, it's video. Video should be hard to manipulate this way, but no longer.
1: So, um, deep fakes, as I as if you break it down, it's deep learning based fake videos, so it's face swaps mostly or face reanimations where you can create a video of a person saying anything you want pretty much and that uses deep learning technology and it's mostly automated without really you having to do too much to actually make it work. It started off with something good and positive. It could cut down movie budgets. It could make museums which is one use. Of, I think there's already a museum that uses it so they reanimated Dali, I think. Dali, yes. So you go to a painting and Dali himself, is a holographic image of Dali is there. He's describing the painting, and he could even take a selfie with you.
2: So John, you mentioned how deep learning is involved, obviously, in deepfakes. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what the deep learning is that's going on in making these videos.
1: Deep learning comes off machine learning, and it basically learns the patterns. Of anything that's that it's given input off. So for deepfakes, um, the more traditional deepfakes, it learns more um, intricate positioning of the faces. It learns what the eyes, the fa- the nose, and everything looks like for one person, and it learns the same for another person, and then it's able to um, just uh, filter it out and somehow. Um, it does magic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's it's learning a representation, yes. right, of of this person, and then a representation of that person, and then it's able to essentially swap parts of the representations. It's like a numerical vector yes. that is this is the essence of Obama mm-hmm. in a video, and then you have this is the essence of Jordan Peele in this particular video, or here's what he's doing in the in this scene in this video and then you're able to take what it is that Jordan Peele is doing and transfer it onto this other representation that's, this is what Obama is in video, and then re-expand that back out into actual working video. But yeah, it definitely does seem like magic. And in terms of where cybersecurity fits in why why we're interested in it. The way I see it is that we have these issues with deep learning as this up-and-coming technology, and cybersecurity is always the application of security thinking to any technology, any computing technology, and whether before that was people looking at networks or operating systems, or now we have with deep learning and what are the security implications and risks associated with deep learning. So one of these is deep fakes. And so people can be generating these deep fake videos and then you've got the possibility or the need to detect that, that those are actually fake and not, and not real videos or to understand more about what, what is in the fake or why someone is putting a fake out that those become important parts of the news potentially. Uh, And then there's other aspects of deep learning that are also interesting from a security perspective about why these networks, which are so good at understanding so much about what we used to think is something only people could do and not computers, and now they are so good at image classification, for example, that they beat humans at this but if you can just tweak the image a little bit, you can completely fool these systems and these sort of surprising results about deep learning that come out if you're looking for things in, a, in an adversarial perspective. What could go wrong?
1: You can give a computer an image of a truck, in a normal case, it will recognize, classify the image as a truck. You alter it a little bit, and it will all of a sudden become an ostrich. Although you see it as a truck, the computer sees it it as an ostrich. Right. And um, the
2: amount of manipulation is so small, right? It's just, it's clear that the algorithm is really fragile. That means it's really dangerous because as soon as you put that into a self-driving car, bam, you have accidents, right? You put that into a tool that's going to classify malware, right? To put this back into the cybersecurity context, you have bad guys creating malware, they can manipulate their malware a little bit, and then it tricks the classifier into thinking, oh, that's not malware. I don't know what that is. Probably just regular software, and it's fine. You know, there's a lot of possibilities for attackers to take advantage of these weaknesses if we rely too heavily on these deep learning models.
1: Yeah, this is the cybersecurity space of it. We now have to protect the computer's deep learning algorithms.
2: So John, why don't you tell us a little bit about the detection mechanisms that you and the other students have been building for this deepfake project?
1: We've been approaching the problem by fighting deep learning with deep learning, in a sense. So the more obvious way of going about it is learning what the fake ones look like, what the fake faces in in the deepfakes case what the fake faces look like, different types of fakes, and then the original ones. And then you just l- try to learn what separates them. So that just involves building a huge data set of fakes, huge data set of reals, and de- using the a le- uh, different deep learning network to tell them apart. But that's also a weakness because somebody else could just build a better fake and learn from whatever you built to detect it.
2: So uh, how have we been trying to at least combat that to a degree.
1: Yeah, so one way of combating that is just building different types of methods to detect the fakes. So we just detect different types of visual detectors, audio detectors, synchronization detectors, because some of the weakness of deepfake creation methods is um, a deepfake algorithm will look at each frame and think of it as a in the visual frame, it won't. It doesn't really realize that that it's a whole video. So it will keep swapping out faces from each frame and then just join it up back into a video. Yes, they. You could do some smoothing afterwards, but it would still be a video created frame by frame with swapped out faces, and that's what we think is one of the weaknesses of the fake methods, at least right now. So, one of our methods just targets that weakness and tries to detect whether the video is a deepfake or not a deepfake. And we've been doing quite well with that for now at least, until they make better ones and we have to properly improve our methods. It's really fun for me because I get to work in different fields for this. Because I'm working on both uh, user studies side where I get to interview journalists because we're building a tool to help journalists detect detect deepfakes first, so it doesn't get into the news. To find out what they, what their current verification process is, what um, they want or expect from a tool, what the performance expectations are, and interface expectations. And I also built the interface, so I do a lot of coding. And I also work on the deep learning models to detect that, say, deep fakes. But yeah, there's also, we also have a big research group and other people working on audio detection models, video detection models. So yeah, it's been fun.
2: (laughs) In terms of this research, I think it's a really great example of the type of research that we do at RIT. It's interdisciplinary, because it brings in sort of the user side. We also have uh, a journalism professor who's part of the project, and of course the technical side and bringing those all together under this umbrella because the Global Cybersecurity Institute is about solving cybersecurity problems using all the techniques in the toolbox. So not just traditional computer science skills, but uh, all the different skills that are needed to really address these problems because they are interdisciplinary problems as well. And then another thing that I think is really reflective about RIT in this project is that it's a real-world project. We're not developing theoretical tools to do this detection. We're building an actual tool that we are designing to work with actual journalists and we have been out there interviewing journalists, making sure that their needs are being met by the design of the tool and we're working towards having a really robust and reliable and usable tool in their hands in the next few months. That's something that I'm really excited about, that we're making an impact in the world, doing something as we prepare for this upcoming election and the possibilities of deepfakes coming out during the election season, that we are doing something to help journalists be prepared for that. And to me, that's really exciting and rewarding part of the work.
0: Thanks for listening to Intersections, the RIT Podcast, a production of RIT Marketing and Communications. New episodes debut on the first and third Thursdays of each month. Subscribe to Intersections on iTunes and tune in, or visit us at www.soundcloud.com slash RIT Tigers. For more about our university, visit www.rit.edu.